0: Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. Welcome to Barbecue Nation with JT's After Hours, conversation that took place after the broadcast ended. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. This is the part of the show where we just kind of free roll with stuff. By the way, we've been talking, um, you know, on the regular show with Angela Iverson. National Barbecue News Magazine has a great profile on her. Um, It was written by Michael Garrison. And so if you subscribe to that, um, check it out. If you don't subscribe to it, send me an email info at thecowboycook.com and i will i will actually get you a subscription to that but kind of a short offer here but if you want to send me an email info at thecowboycook.com and just say national barbecue news i want one send me your information i don't need your phone number but i need your address and your name and i will get you a subscription so let's talk some more with with angela here um I always thought a competition would kind of be fun. You know, you talk about level playing fields and that's the steak uh, steak cookoff stuff. I like that because, you know, they're all, you go up, you pick your two steaks or whatever. And you, they're yeah. all the same. They're all cut the same. There's no messing around like that. But I thought it would be cool to like do a, a championship, uh, invitational thing. Um, basically they just have to show up whoever gets invited and you could do one like on the old Weber kettles. You could do one on um, stick burner. You could do one on a pellet. You know, whatever you could. You could do a couple. You could do three different categories, five different categories, whatever you wanted. Or you could just do one like the Weber kettle World Championships. You know, and and the companies would put up some money and prizes and things like that. But again, that's a level playing field they just show up they they don't get to bring their marinades or or whatever they you know maybe they maybe they can bring some seasoning if they want that and they can bring a sharp knife if they can get it through tsa on the air, for the airplane if they don't drive but but something like that i think would be kind of unique you know cuz every cooker would be the same they would be supplied with the same amount of charcoal or the same amount of pellets and the same brand of pellets and the same brand of tri-tips or whatever they're going to cook. What would how would you think about that?
1: Well, I mean my my dream because I've I've done more of the barbecue side um and I've done the 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 state competition which they do provide, you know, the the meats, but they don't uh-huh. like, you know, there's PK wet, you know, um the grills that that seem like my parents still have theirs from I don't know fifty years ago, sure <laughs> but uh but yeah, I mean um having any kind of cooking competition where <clears throat> here you are, here's the products um, uh, you know what can you do with it, and I think that's what makes it so interesting when you when you watch these cooking competitions on t v because that's really basically like. Look, you know everybody has to kind of uh share the same ingredients and and what do you make out of it and it's very interesting the different dishes uh it's just coming from you know the experience of the of that chef and so to do it like at a level with barbecue um where here's the same kind of cooker i mean they they actually I think in California. Um, wasn't it uh sterling ball that had the a competition out there where everybody pretty much cooked on the same cookers. They had the meat provided. I think people brought their own seasonings though. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, when, I have to tell you when you, when you said something about the, I, I'm kind of going off topic, but when you said something about, you know, getting your knives, you say, oh, yeah. um, I, I brought my knives and my seasonings in, uh, I had a carry on bag that had nothing, but just, you know, the injections, cause I couldn't get them in the Kansas city area. Some of the stuff I only brought the stuff that I, I wouldn't be able to get. And mm-hmm. but, uh, my knife roll, I put in there, uh, and packed it well. And, and I, I got to thinking, I'm like, there's a lot of people that fly in for the American Royal because you, you'll get 500 to 600 teams who show up and not everybody is, uh, you know, pulling the trailer. They'll have, they'll pay somebody sometimes, you know, pull their equipment or whatever, or their borrow. But they, um, we were talking to one of the TSA guys and he's like, yeah, it's always interesting this time of year. He says, uh, because, you know, some of the seasonings, they, you know, with the the flakes of, I don't know, maybe oregano or something. Right, right. I mean, it, it's like it delays the inspection of the bag. And so, you know, I've learned to show up early so that they have time to go through everything and test it and do whatever they need to. But it really wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it was just kind of funny watching their facial expressions and talking about, yeah, we've got a bunch of these bags coming through, you know, TSA around that time. I tell
0: you, they would think that if they saw your injections (laughs) and your injectors, your knives and a bunch of seasonings, they would think that you're either from the island of Dr. Moreau or you're, um, (laughs) you know, some mad scientist uh, that's, you know, coming to uh Kansas city state to work on something there. I I'll tell you, well, st- go ahead.
1: Oh, go ahead. I no, was, I was just thinking, I think that if you were to, to come to a competition that was fairly new into an area that wasn't used to it, it, it probably would be very disturbing. Right. But, uh, but it's like uh, they're in Kansas city, even though the airport isn't huge, it's like around the American Royal time they're used to it. Oh yeah. It, it just doesn't even really phase them, you know, with all these knives and injections and, and needles and, you know, all sorts of stuff. So I'll tell you, I, had,
0: years ago on one of my trips to Australia, I um, had a little carry on bag, uh, you know, because it's a long flight down there. And uh, so there was uh, just a little bit, you know, a disposable razor, a clean shirt, um, you know, Stuff like that. Well, what I had forgotten was I had taken that bag just about 10 days before on an antelope hunting trip. <clears throat> and so there were a couple seven millimeter <laughs> shells rolling around in the bottom of that thing. Under the the no. you, you know, the the solid part, the cardboard part or whatever it is that you that's right. all that's always in the bottom. Well, those shells were under there. I didn't know it. I made it through Portland, oh, through San no. Francisco, through Honolulu, through Auckland.
1: Oh my God
0: Through uh, Sydney, and then to catch another flight wow. in Brisbane. The guy in Brisbane finally caught him, and he, and he oh
1: my god! And
0: he r- pulls him up, and I said, "You can keep him." I said, uh, that was from a hunting trip I did, you know, two weeks ago or whatever. And he just started laughing. He was really cool. He goes, yeah, I don't oh, see anything else. Goodness. And I don't even think they had that caliber in Australia. But uh, And then there's been other times when I've had a knife in the bottom of my briefcase. Well, I have several different briefcases, but one of them was this soft-sided thing. And it, again, the this big old long produce knife that I had, it, it's folding. And it, it it was in the very bottom. And when they x-rayed it, it never showed up because it was right next to the bar, the support bar, the bottom of the frame of the briefcase. And finally, after, wow. about, after about 10 trips, you know, I had so much crap in my briefcase, I just kind of dumped it out. And that thing fell out on the table. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, I didn't get, <laughs> get in big trouble for that.
1: Oh, my God goodness well you know i i found like little like scissors or things like that sure sometimes or um and what what was really funny is when my girls were little you know how you'd always pack their little backpack full of activities for whatever the travel was and if we went by plane you know you always try to make sure their bags are okay and oh yeah but i i've missed where they had sharp scissors, you know, usually you have the little rounded ones, but they right. were sharp scissors, uh, but they didn't catch it. And I'm like, how did that happen? You know? right? <laughs> because then, like, I would have a pair of scissors, that I think I had to throw them away or give it to them um, because I was at the airport and they found them. And I'm like, I, you know, I don't know what to tell you. I, yeah, scissors, <laughs> because, in event management, you throw all sorts of things in your bag. Right. You never know what you're going to need. Right. And when I'm traveling, sometimes, you know, I try to be thorough on there. But there's been aerosol cans. Um, oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. They freak out about that. I mean, they've missed that. I'm Don't like, get
0: over three <laughs> ounces of uh, hair gel or toothpaste, yes. you know like my, my word you don't want to do that yeah you kind of turn into like hermione from harry potter when she opens her little bag and there's just everything in the world uh, yeah. under that you know you you <laughs> have to my
1: mom's purse
0: yeah you have to be that way you have to be that way yeah. so i've got some fun questions for you here and we'll we'll try to okay. ma- make these go quickly and painlessly for you if you were okay. declared, if you were declared supreme ruler of barbecue, Angela, for a week, what would you decree?
1: What would I decree? Yeah. Um. Well, I probably would um, make it a requirement that everybody come out and be in front of their camps to mingle more with people.
0: Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. That's good. That's good. Um, Where's the worst place you ever had to cook in a competition? You don't have to name the competition, but you can just say, well, we had to do it in a, you know, an oat field during a thunderstorm or something.
1: Oh, well, we had, uh, it was actually, it was in a parking lot and it had been really hot, but then it rained. And the rain was sideways. Yeah. And, um, you know, our <clears throat> we, I cook on a, a drum and then I'll finish the meat off on uh, a GMG pellet grill. Uh-huh. And that was a little miserable. And um, there was another one where it was not only sideways, uh, it was cold because it was in February. Ooh. And the team that I was cooking with had had the sink outside and I had, I was the, the dish bitch and I'm oh, sorry. I <laughs> it's had, all right. It's all right. <laughs> I had to, I had to wash the dishes out in the rain and it was cold. And I, I was so sick after that. Oh my God. I, I actually got sick, but the rain was sideways on that one. so, um, that was probably, it. I don't know if the location was so horrible. It was just the weather. Was horrible.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. What's the dumbest thing you've ever seen done with a grill or a cooker? <laughs>
1: uh, well, actually, I have. Um, I don't know. I I saw a vendor, and you know, for a time there, Florida Barbecue Association had required all the the cooking vendors to. Also compete so that they could say, "Oh, this is competition barbecue." Right. And I saw, I saw a vendor um, would drop their frozen ribs on the ground and then pick them up and throw them back on the grill.
0: <laughs> oh. Well.
1: And uh, and this was a group where you know people would buy their food and then they would just immediately throw it away. So I wasn't really surprised, but I'm like, you know, I don't know how. I mean that. It's stupid, but it was dangerous, too. Yeah. Like, uh, I wouldn't have, I I would never have a vendor like that. In fact, I banned, I went around after witnessing that, and I told all of the um, organizers that, you know, they have, this is how they they cook. And you don't want to subject your judges or your public to this. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. If you could work with one of your barbecue heroes, who would it be?
1: Um, Tuffy. There you go. Um, Tuffy's a good guy. Yeah. Because, well, he I, I took a class before you know COVID shut down. Um, over in uh, you know outside of Memphis in Mark Lambert, right. uh, Sweet twine of Mine Distributing Place. He's got a nice setup. And Tuffy did a, a a class there, and I've never ever taken a class before. I've I've been offered, I've won seats to do it, but I would always end up giving it to a friend who really just wanted to do it so badly. And um, so this was my first class, you know, of any sort. But because he's interesting, because he's a trained chef, you know, he he was looking at things and how he prepares. And, and, um, and when I was listening to him, I'm like, yeah, that's how I think about it too. I thought I was, you know, kind of out there because nobody else I had talked to thought about preparing during the competition while he does things. He doesn't, he thinks about, you know, what's coming up and, you know, prepping for it and and being a mental game. And, and uh, so there was, I really, really enjoyed the class and, and and talking with him so much that I think if uh, I think he'd be very interesting during a competition to really just watch him. He's very meticulous, um, but he is very personable and he's a very kind, you know, person. Right. He's very. Um, and I, I just, a lot of things that I admire about oh, him. Sure. Not only as a cook, but just as a human being.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, living, living in Florida, have you smoked a whole gator yet?
1: (laughs) No, I haven't had the privilege. Uh. Uh, I've had, I've had some friends that have done that. I know that, you know, Vic Clevenger, uh, the cooking comedian and he's, you know, had his adventures, but I've never, I haven't got to do that. In fact, I i'm not my family doesn't eat um i should say my girls uh, of course they're older now but they don't they'll eat a little bit of gator but i mean uh seafood which is really weird because i like a lot of different seafood but i don't cook a lot of it right um because half of the family won't eat it so right i have to wait and do it for my husband and i and you know, when they're not around, I guess.
0: <laughs> oh, I understand. I understand. If we could put your life to music, what would it be? What what would the music be?
1: <laughs> um, I will survive? No. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> always that's always uh well, you know uh if you're talking about a genre probably bluegrass because of you know just the the stories sure um i don't want to say country music because then you know you have to play it backwards for the times that are going well so you can get your horse and your dog back yeah but um <laughs> i i grew up with bluegrass and i i just uh, think i relate to the the, the stories and, and stuff uh with that. Okay. Maybe bluegrass.
0: Okay. Just a couple more questions here. Um, Dire Straits or Justin Bieber? Dire Straits. Good. Uh, Sometimes I get some weird answers on these. Uh, Finished or grass-fed beef? And being an old cowboy, all all beef folks is grass-fed. So, I
1: mean. Well, it's not a trick yeah. question though uh i I don't know really to me, I think you can take almost any kind of meat if it's not too bad unless it's not bad, and you can turn it into something good if you're a decent cook, so
0: right right, and you've got three weeks. So, um, what's, your, what's your favorite movie?
1: Um, Dead Poets Society?
0: There you go. Sweatshirts or formal wear? Uh,
1: Sweatshirts. Okay.
0: All right. Um, uh, no, I'm not going to ask you that one, because that's, uh, <laughs> uh,
1: that's... Oh, come on. Uh, this sport?
0: Bo- okay, boxers or briefs? uh brief okay that's it we're good (laughs) so (laughs) angela you've been so kind and to take time to be with me and a good sport with all the silliness at the end i really want to thank you how can people find out more about you besides the article in national barbecue news
1: well i mean you can find me on facebook uh you can not just by my name. And I will warn anybody that if you're searching for Angela Iverson event management, uh, Iverson is the Danish spelling. With an E. That means it's spelled S-E-N, yes. Um, so if you want to find me, spell it I-V, as in Victor, E-R-S-E-N. And I'm pretty much, I mean, even if you Google me, uh, you put Angela Iverson barbecue, you're going to find my name, my telephone number, maybe even where I live. I don't know. Um, and should be able to to contact me. But Facebook is probably, us older folks, as my girls say, <laughs> is probably the easiest way to find me.
0: Okay. Or they can listen to <laughs> you now on Barbecue Nation because your...
1: I love it.
0: Your interviews will be out there in perpetuity. And... Um, <laughs> Uh it's been a real pleasure. It it's really been, has.
1: It's been a lot of fun, Jeff. Thank you so much for you, inviting
0: me. You're what more than welcome. Folks, we'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours for poor some poor um unsuspecting victim. But uh we'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back then and y'all have a great week, okay? Take care.